Hello and welcome to the Walton Biz Talk, a podcast where we have casual conversations about professional things. I'm Emily Kelly. And I'm Cole Eichelberger. And today we're looking at a conversation that the Biz Talk had with Carrie Phillips this summer about writing skills and generative AI. I thought this was an amazing episode to listen to. You know, there's so much unknown and about AI. And, you know, there's a lot of factors about it that people are frightened about or scared about. And so this was a great listen for anybody wanting to figure out how to use this ethically or learn more about their writing skills, even outside of AI. Without further ado, uh, here's our interview with Carrie Phillips. All right. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Walton Biz Talk. Uh, Today's guest is Carrie Phillips. Uh, Carrie Phillips is the Chief Communications and Marketing Officer at the University of Arkansas at Little Rock. A doctor of education, Carrie received her advanced degrees from Arkansas Tech University and Texas Tech University. A journalist, a producer, a storyteller, we are grateful to have Carrie here to share her expertise. Uh, Carrie, I'm going to start right off in the questions very quickly here. So what hard, soft skills uh, have you found to be the most transferable between jobs? Absolutely. So coming from, you know, starting my career in journalism and then really transitioning more to the marketing role, I think the two biggest things are one, to have strong writing skills, so to be that really strong writer. I also think you have to ask really good questions. Sometimes I find myself and all of us, I think, probably do this. There's so much happening around us that we ask a question and immediately in our minds move on to the next question. And so that ability to pause and listen to the response helps us ask even better questions and keeps that curiosity spark ignited. Perfect. Follow up to that. How would you advise students who are having a difficult time choosing their career focus on like focus on which skills they want to develop? You know, so many people start with a career path, you know, and you hear the statistic that you change your major multiple times in college. And so there's that side of it. But I also think after you earn your degree and you're in the working world, you know, you change kind of the direction that you go there as well. So I think focusing on things that you enjoy, focusing on relationships, building connections with people, I think those kinds of things will help you regardless of what career path that you end up in, because you're going to need to be able to have good rapport with people. You're going to be able to ask them questions to understand their perspective. You're going to have to have good communication skills to schedule meetings, schedule conversations, keep projects moving. All of that is going to be relevant regardless of exactly what path a student ends up in. Mm-hmm. Now, going back to you know developing those writing skills, wh- what do you see as like, shall we say, like the essential skills that students need to be able to take on to, to be better writers? Um, So I think start with the basics, and I will tell on myself a little bit here, I did not take a typing class in college, in high school, I never took that. And so I found myself in a newsroom, um, having to produce and having to help, you know, write that content that the anchors were speaking. And I wasn't a strong typer, which meant I couldn't type quickly. And so that was a real challenge of start 
with that. Um, I had to learn how to type every night. I quickly realized that was going to be a problem. And I started taking an online typing course. So start with the basics there. But I also think, you know, take those news writing classes, really hone in on that who, what, when, where, why, and how that's so Mm. important in those basic journalism courses. But then I also think we have to think about how people write and read content in a multimedia world. People don't read sentences the way they used to. People are really focused on bullets, quick sound bites. So how can we ask better questions that get us to those answers and those results? Mm -hmm. Going off of that one, uh, from transitioning from journalism and into, into, you know, advertising, tell me about that. Tell me about how, like, what really worked for you as you transitioned from one to the next? You know, I think what I've always been intrinsically drawn to is doing work that matters and work that's fulfilling. And so that's really why I was drawn into the the news industry and journalism with this idea that, you know, we would be having the opportunity to do that. And marketing and advertising and higher education is very much the same. You know, I really want to make sure that we're telling an authentic story so that we can help students assess, is this university going to be the right fit for them and what they're looking for? And so that core tenet really helped me make that transition. You know, a lot of the strong writing skills carried over, a lot of the the core tenets were there, but really thinking and reminding myself of why I got into something like this in the first place helped me kind of, as I was figuring out the the differences and the nuances, help me stay rooted in what mattered to me. Now, I've, I've read a little bit from your blog and you've written, a, you've written about how generative AI has changed the way that people in marketing are going to be writing copy in the future. What what exactly is your uh, your experience with ChatGPT, and what advice do you have for students who would like to use it? Absolutely. Um, so I think ChatGPT or any kind of generative AI tool that's out there, I think is just that. It's a tool. Um, it's not going to be able to carte blanche replace any work that we're doing. But what I think it can do is help us do that work better, faster, um, because, you know, if the old adage is time is money, that mm-hmm. makes sense as well. And so I've really focused uh, utilizing that. It was actually at a conference about um, a month ago, and one of the presenters really encouraged all the attendees to take time and spend a month really playing with some sort of generative AI. I use ChatGPT to really explore and experiment how that would work. And I kind of found three areas that it really helped me. Um, The first was the idea of really brainstorming. So, you know, all the time we're trying to come up with creative turns of phrase or creative concepts or to, to think about a different way to approach something. And so, Asking ChatGPT to help with some of that work was really impactful. I didn't necessarily use everything all the way, exactly the way it suggested, but it helped get the creativity flowing and helped me kind of start thinking of ideas. Mm-hmm. A second area is writing the really... Um, things that are are quite repetitious. So we spend a lot of time on things like events and writing event copy, writing email invites to events. And so a lot of that is very formulaic in the sense that there are certain pieces of information you have to include in that. Things like the time of the event, where it's happening, what is the, the purpose or the reason. And so it did a really good job of helping kind of craft some of those types of messages. And I think where it does the the least 
um, successful. So when you're really trying to use uh, marketing copy, we have not really used this, but we've just played with it of trying to see how it could do with coming up with marketing copy. And it feels still to me very generic. You know, if you're doing really good work in branding, you have a very clear, succinct idea of who your brand is and what it should sound like. And it's not quite there yet. Um, So I think the first two uses are probably the places that you could utilize it the most. Um, But I also think that, that that's time. You know, we've got colleagues as as writers and storytellers, you've probably heard an adage from someone where they say, oh, just make me sound good. Write me a quote on mm-hmm. that. Um, and it, if you get that all the time, it becomes really hard to come up with what's a good quote. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that can be a tool that it can help with that. Um, I have another colleague at another um organization that's been using it to help with job descriptions to make sure the proper terminology is there in the language. Um, and so I think there are a lot of, of options and opportunities out there. I think it's just trying it and seeing what works well for your individual use case. Uh, for students who are interested, I think start playing is mm-hmm. kind of the best way to learn um, and see what it works really well at and where maybe it comes up short. I think, again, it's important to remember it's a tool and we're not just going to copy paste exactly what it pulled out, but we're going to use it to help better the work that we're producing. Okay. Going back to to the first part that you brought up as far as for brainstorming, do you feel that it works in a similar way to say like a thesaurus, but with our ability to prompt the AI technology, we can get like, shall we say a faster and more, uh, maybe a faster and maybe a more wide range of how to say something? I think that's a great point. You know, I think that's it exactly. It it can help us come up with those, you know, turns of phrase or those different words or pairing things together in a way that we might not initially think of. Mm -hmm. And I think part of what you just asked is really important too. It's all about the prompt. The better guidance you can give the tool, the better the response is going to be. So, you know, if I'm needing help with something, I may say, focus on this area uh, focus on this piece of information, emphasize this. Um, I've used it to take some news copy that we were using in some other places and wanting to put it in bullets to make it a little more um, easy to skim through. And it's done a really good job at kind of that editing space as well. So I think that's kind of similar in the sense that the more you can tell it how you want the end product, the better mm-hmm. off you're going to be in what you get out of it. Okay. Going off of this, what do you see as being, say, the essential ethical challenges that writers, uh, you know, as students and as professionals, not face really not only with ChatGPT but without? Yeah, so I think there are a couple of challenges there. I think one, the piece that we don't fully know is whose voices are are baked in and whose Hmm. voices are maybe left out. And so as we talk about the work that we do, um, you know, across the country in terms of, of trying to make sure we're inclusive of all voices, it's really hard to tell whose voices aren't part of the conversation and what's kind of been built into the the tool. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a real ethical concern that we have to contend with. And then I also think we have to think about, you know, that opens up a whole different conversation around plagiarism that um, academe is going to have to really figure out what that means and how that that works and what does that look like. Um, I don't have the answers. I just know that that's going to be a really, mm-hmm. um, that's something we're all going to have to grapple with. Okay. Okay. Well- 
last question that I've got for you. Yeah. I, and I say that now knowing that I might do, a, I'll pull a Midwestern goodbye and I might have to ask you one other thing. Before Absolutely. On. Uh, what have you learned about making a message impactful while keeping your language concise? Especially going from you know telling a full story in journalism uh, to trying to make sure that you're like you know you're advertising for an event or for for something like that. I think the biggest piece of advice is every word matters. Every word has to be part of an intentional and deliberate message if we're going to keep to keep things concise. So that means I spend a lot of time almost finessing and sometimes even obsessing over which word is the right word here. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of the reason I think I'm drawn to utilizing ChatGPT is it can immediately give me a lot more words to look at and think mm -hmm. about to get that right word. Because when you only have, you know, five to seven words or 10, 15 seconds of someone's attention, every word that you have has to carry a weight and has to, to speak to where you're trying to make sure that message lands. And so that means every single word has to be intentional and is much more important than when you've got hundreds of words in an article to be able to get your message across. Do you think that as we get to utilize ChatGPT more in our daily lives and in class, since it does so much of the heavy lifting of, of working with word choice for us and really helping us get something down on the page for a lot of folks who get writer's block, do you think that the role of writers is changing now to where really it's more about, shall we say, knowing audience and understanding how we can best relate to that audience and editing as opposed to, say, making it sound good? I think in the marketing space, I think the role of writers is always going to be critical. I don't think we will ever reach a point that we um, don't have writers anymore. But as we've seen in the journalism side of the industry, you know, there's so much asked on what our journalists are, are having to pull out, how many stories they're having to come up with, how much work they're having to do. And so I think on the advertising and marketing side of things, I think writers are going to be asked and are seeing the same experiences that they're asked to do so much that I think this is going to help them, or at least I hope that it helps them to focus on those pieces that a tool can't do. You know, in the same way that um, we can use a calculator or, um, you know, other assistive devices to help us work smarter and help us be more accurate. I hope that this is a tool that allows us to do the same, but still really hones in on the fact that we have to have that human detail of this. I don't think we're ever going to see a world that writers just don't exist. I think they matter because there's so much nuance that this tool just can't get at yet. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for this. These have been very thoughtful answers, and I greatly appreciate your time. Absolutely. It was great to connect. Well, take care and have a good day. All right. Listeners, welcome back. This is the Biz Talk Buzz, the part of the show where we regroup, ask questions, and discuss the interview we just listened to. So obviously, we discussed a lot within that interview about regarding ChatGBT, you know, the ethical, unethical uses of it, especially it related to academics and writing. And so going off of that, Cole, do you have anything specific, any questions or 
thoughts or comments you had coming from that episode? I think the biggest takeaway for me about the interview are the small uses that we have for ChatGPT. Being able to use it as a thesaurus, being able to use it to not only, uh, as, as Carrie talks about, you know, write a job description, but also to make sure that, like, if we're writing a cover letter, that our cover letter fits the job description. Making sure that we can make sure we fit all those good buzzwords in, uh, double-checking us on, you know, making sure we're not being repetitious in our writing, uh, and also helping us write the writing that is repetitious. So it's neat to see some of the small tools, like, that, or the small things that this tool is going to be good for. And I, I think, at least for me, it did sort of uh, smooth some of those worries that I had about uh, that I've we've talked about where like the media does present chat GPT as a, a, a an evil almost. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And for me personally, I am someone who is not super knowledgeable about AI and I'm more on the indifferent side about it. I don't love it. I don't hate it, but um, I know some about it, but I also don't know a ton. And a lot of what I feel like I've been exposed to from the media so far has been exactly what you're saying. The side of it being, like AI is the huge scary robot that's going to eat the world and all of this. And part of that might be true. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Time will tell. Mm-hmm. But until then, it's like exactly like you're talking about. It was so useful to come to this episode um, with and hear, you know, mm-hmm. all of so much of how it can be used for these small things and our everyday usage. Like, I mean, this is completely off topic for academics, but I mean, I even know people that'll go into ChatGPT and be like, write me a meal plan for the week and Mm -hmm. it'll schedule out all their meals. And then you can take, okay, give me recipes for Monday's meals. Then even just small things like that, I think is honestly awesome. And I'm excited to see how creative people get with Mm -hmm. these small usages of ChatGPT and what, it evolves to over time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for listeners that are interested in seeing how it develops over time, you know, it, just keep, honestly keep reading the New York Times, keep reading the Wall Street Journal, uh, and just keep track of what they release. Uh, a number of news agencies are doing a really nice job of following the developments that AI is making uh, and also making sure that we're aware of, you know, the, the, the human labor that goes into creating these products. Um, I know for the summer, not only did I get to interview Carrie Phillips, but at the Business Communication Lab, we, we've done a ton of just research into trying to understand ChatGPT, and we have... We have more work to uh, to do to better understand it because it's ever evolving. Oh, for sure, for sure. And you know, I I do hope that you know everyone tries to. And I'm just, obviously the listeners of this podcast are on that list. But I hope everyone tries to stay as educated as possible. And again, like you're saying, keeping up with Wall Street Journal, all those news outlets, and following along a ChatGPT and how it affects our world and how it evolves, um, because obviously we have a huge hand in that as well, in the usage of it. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, folks, before we hit the road today, I want to say thank you to Angla on the the editing team. I want to give a quick shout out to Sophie and Jackson on social media, and thank you to all the listeners out there. Uh, This has been another episode of the Walton Biz Talk podcast, a podcast where we have casual conversations about professional things.